0: Good morning for Wednesday, April 15, 2015. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on today's front page. Congress wins a voice on Iran deal. Stiff sentences for eight educators in test scandal. We get the latest from Atlanta. And Blackwater legacy goes beyond public view. In today's national headlines, For Clinton, small events still draw attention. Lawyers square off in Tulsa as reserve deputy surrenders, and the Missouri governor selects a new auditor. In today's business headlines, Europe is said to be set to charge Google. U.S. plans stiffer rules to protect nest eggs, and local judge deals a setback to Japan's nuclear industry. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Thomas Friedman. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. Here's the top story. Congress wins a voice on Iran deal. Written by Jonathan Wiseman and Peter Baker. The White House relented on Tuesday and said President Obama would sign a compromise bill giving Congress a voice on the proposed nuclear accord with Iran as the Senate Foreign Relations Committee moved the legislation to the full Senate for a vote. An unusual alliance of Republican opponents of the nuclear deal and some of Obama's strongest Democratic supporters demanded a congressional role as negotiators worked to turn this month's nuclear framework into a final deal by June 30th. The essence of the legislation is that Congress will have a chance to vote on whatever deal emerges with Iran, if one is reached by June 30th, but in a way that would be extremely difficult for Obama to lose, allowing Secretary of State John Kerry to tell his Iranian counterpart that the risk that an agreement would be upended on Capitol Hill is limited. Congress would essentially be able to vote on an eventual end to sanctions and then, later, take up the issue depending on whether Iran has met its obligations. But if it rejected the agreement, Obama could veto that legislation, and it would take only 34 senators to sustain the veto, meaning that Obama could lose upward of a dozen Democratic senators and prevail. The bill would require that the administration send the text of a final accord, along with classified material, to Congress as soon as it is completed. It also halts any lifting of sanctions pending a 30-day congressional review, and culminates in a possible vote to allow or forbid the lifting of congressionally imposed sanctions in exchange for the dismantling of much of Iran's nuclear infrastructure. It passed 19 to nothing. Why Obama gave in after fierce opposition was the last real dispute of what became a rout. Josh Ernest, the White House spokesman, said Obama was not particularly thrilled with the bill, but had decided that a new proposal put together by the top Republican Democrat on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee had made enough changes to make it acceptable. Senator Bob Corker, the committee's chairman, had a far different interpretation. As late as 11.30 a.m. in a classified briefing at the Capitol, Kerry was urging senators to oppose the bill, The change occurred when they saw how many senators were going to vote for this, and only when that occurred, said Corker, a Republican from Tennessee. Senator Benjamin Cardin of Maryland, the committee's ranking Democrat, said the fundamental provisions of the legislation had changed. But the compromise between him and Corker did shorten a review period of a final Iran nuclear deal and soften language that would make the lifting of sanctions dependent on Iran's ending support for terrorism. The agreement almost certainly means Congress will muscle its way into nuclear negotiations that Obama sees as a legacy-defining foreign policy achievement. The Senate's expected to vote on the legislation this month, and House Republican leaders have promised to pass it shortly after.